Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Do you know who Peter McKinnon is? Yes. He starts every video with... What's up? What's up, everybody? Yeah. He's not, awesome. He is. He's a, such a sweet guy. Sweet, sweet guy. Do you know who Conrad Hawkins is? Mm-mm. Dr. Conrad Hawkins off The Resident? No. He is awesome. Is he? Yes. In real life or the character? Oh, uh, the character, Conrad. I've never seen that show. You should watch it. Okay. It's really good. Okay. Do you watch Manifest? No. I've watched the the pilot episode. Yeah. And I uh, have not caught fascinating show. Really? Should yeah. I should I dive in? Uh, yeah, you should. Oh, okay. It's it's good and there's enough there for you to it's binge worthy. Okay. Yeah. Well although I do feel like it's screeching to a halt this season and we're not gonna know anything more than we did in the beginning. So I can kind of claw my eyes out <laughs> when I watch shows that I don't ever get anywhere. Which is why I like movies because it starts and it ends and it mm-hmm. may be two hours, but it's done and I know how it ends. And yeah, yeah, I'm on the Americans kick. I, I always watch the series after the fact. I think it's on or just had its final season. I'm on season two. They are, you know, KGB uh, acting as Americans. Oh, yeah, of course. yeah. You mentioned that once before. Really good, but man, they have terrible lives. <laughs> I mean, it is really? literally constantly a disaster. Is this fictional? Uh, well, yes, based? it's 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 based on probably actual or similar events that had happened in the you know 80s, 70s, 80s, whenever. The KGB were infiltrating during the Cold War. During the Cold War. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan. And you are you. And we're together in this. And either we're going to get to podcasting or we're going to die trying. Mm-hmm. Welcome to You'll Die Trying. I want to check in with you, Nathan. These make me nervous. He's got a piece of paper that's ripped off of the pad, and you I don't know what's on the other side, and you're holding it. I don't like that. They're scribbled notes. I don't like it. In my formerly grace-stained fingers, which now are coffee-stained because I spend too much time up here with you, I, want to, uh, I hold a, a small piece of paper, which serves to me as a reminder. I don't like this. And the reminder is I wanted to ask you about how you have succeeded in your most recent attempts to improve yourself via what we called homework assignments from previous episodes. And I thought, well, we probably should check in on that. Test taking anxiety taking over. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so one of the episodes we had uh, about friendship was uh, where we discussed that you uh, were kind of not enjoying necessarily being around a lot of people. Right. And, and then we had a conversation too about the fact that you had been invited to a concert. That concert is coming up. Mm-hmm. Have you about that. communicated? About that. So let's talk about the friendship part first. So I know what you're asking. How, what am I asking? You're asking me how much power. Assumptions. You're asking me how much power, right? I'm, how much power? Well, you were going to begin reclaiming your power. Yeah, you're, thinking about emotional energy, like we think about money. How much are you giving away? How much do you need to keep? And being adult and and and, and knowing that you don't have to do things you don't want to do, oftentimes. So the friendship episode, I was talking about how I want to be a good friend to people, and my friend 
sent me a text, and this this friend that we know of, know together, would not normally even show any type of emotion or things like that when it comes to like, hey, I'm going to be... He's not one to just like wear his heart on his sleeve, but he said, will you please go with me because I would like to have you come. This is after the podcast? After the podcast. Did he hear the podcast? Uh, I, I, I don't know that answer, but as a friend, the way that I know that this friend would never, ever come out, like that, was, that took a lot for him to do that. Do you understand? Like that really for him to put himself out there? I understand that that's how you're interpreting that. Well- and knowing you, I know that you would interpret it that way. Yeah, because I just really love, you know, my friends, and regardless of that. So, so the short answer is you're going to a concert you didn't want to go to, but I have an out. So I have, str- yeah. So I have an out though. Doctor Carroll looks disappointed in me. That's, no, I'm I'm listening. I'm so a, that was that. So how much power am I willing to give up? What's the out? You didn't complete. Oh, that. the out. The out is literally like, if I don't feel comfortable, you know, listening to Twista rap, you know, thirty bars in twelve seconds, then I'll just leave. And apparently, I'm we're staying the night, which is good because we get a night away from the kids. Hey, this is in Evansville. Yeah, so there's a night away from the kids. <laughs> is this friend awesome. of yours, is he also espoused or has a significant other? Yeah. And that person's going? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, it's okay. Did, we'll uh, talk about boundaries later. Go, go, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to be supportive. And to you, ladies and gentlemen, who are keeping up with us and keeping track, notice what has happened. This is why I wanted to bring it up. Wanted to see how you're doing and how successful you're feeling setting healthy boundaries. So I failed. I failed that one. Let's move on to the next question. The next question. You were going to take a picture of I did hire an executive assistant to take over a lot of those responsibilities that, you know, I felt like people were pulling me away from. So is she going to the concert instead? Nope, not yet. Uh, I was going to ask you, excuse me, if you took a picture of someone that you had encountered and had called them by name and and uh, engaged as we talked about doing. I did not take the, I did not take the picture. I did have two really awesome engagements. Good. Okay. Good. Genuine engagements. First one was with a high school principal. We got to talking about family and life. Yeah. And genuinely asking questions. He was wondering how my house was doing because of obviously you know the contractor issue from couple of years ago and he was investing in that and I was investing in him and his life. And the other was uh, a lovely um, cafeteria employee. Uh, we have served her family in the past and I stopped and looked at her and I said, how are you? She said, I'm okay. Mm. And I said, really? And she said, it's hard. And I said, well, I always really enjoy seeing you. And I really appreciate you. And she said that she had needed it to hear that, which was awesome. And this was during a, a school day. So this was literally right before the school principal had started morning announcements over the, the school system. 
right? Yeah. So it wasn't like uh, maybe a five minute conversation there before he started with the pledge and the prayer, and then with a with a cafeteria employee was actually apparently now. Did you know schools have to have a snack? day snack time no i didn't know that yeah a bunch of high school students have to have like five or ten minutes to snack because apparently they're not grown up enough to eat breakfast before they go to school wow anyway yes i did i did not take photos of them however no but you had good engagements very that, good engagement that was the secret that was the key it right was there. awesome it yeah. was nice because you know i could have made it an, uh, an excuse and have been in a hurry because i was late to the class right to get yeah. there to have my presentation anyway yeah, your mood has you are quieted down. I think you're thinking of how to get back to me reclaiming my power. No, not at all. I was just listening, enjoying the story. I don't know how you can listen to people. I mean, I you know, I just don't. I, just, I was thinking about this. You know, I've um, I I love what I do. It's it's very apparent. I just I, I, and you love what you do. Yeah, and there are a lot of people out there who love what they do. But, of course, not everyone can. I've reflected recently on a quotation that I heard uh, from Les Brown that too many of us are not living our dreams because we're living our fears. And you and I have talked before about how powerful fear is and that ultimately it's the driver behind things like insecurity, low self-esteem, worrying about what people think. Are they thinking about us? Are people talking bad things about you? These these kinds of questions all stem from fear and how much time we spend in fear instead of dreams. And I think it's really powerful for us to talk about and think about and live into and then out of dreams. So, what's your dream? My dream is to own by 2000, 2000, by 2020, 15 funeral homes. I don't know how we're going to do that because we're only at five, and that's Mm -hmm. in less than a year to... Twenty-two I'm say months. The end of 2020, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the beginning. December 31st. Correct. That's my dream. And then there, of course, stems from that, being happy with my life and, and enjoying that and learning that balance of the word contentment that I find myself so fearful of. Yes, I hate that word. Discussed. I hate that word, content. It's probably something that you might want to spend some time reframing. Yeah. Because words themselves, of course, don't have... They only have negative connotations if, mm-hmm. if they don't have negative denotations. So if it's not an inherently negative or pejorative word and it's negative to us, it's because we've made it that. So how can we make that different? What do we need to do to make the word content mean something different for you? Do I need to answer right now? No. Okay. <laughs> now. Uh, now think, just think about it. Think okay. about, you know, what is it that you don't like about the word? I think it because to you it means also complacency yes. and stagnancy. Mm-hmm. Content doesn't equal satisfaction, as we've talked before. You can be content without being satisfied. It's all about being present, being where you are, and being grateful for that. Yeah. The wind's a whipping today in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. Outside we have these tall windows. They're about 10 <laughs> feet tall. And are those 10 feet or 8 feet? Anyway, you can hear the wind just whipping all around, all off. All four walls, three, one. Anyway, I'm just d- diverting. Uh, content is a scary word for me because it, it makes me picture in my head that my feet have root have rooted to the ground. Yeah, and I'm just okay with standing here. And you know this 
podcast that we've titled You'll Die Trying, like trying to me is continuing to push forward. Sure. And moving and moving and content makes me think of stagnancy. Anyway, I just need to reframe that thought in my mind. I think uh, no matter how far you fly, you always have to, to land and, and take uh, note and rest and get perspective. And so it's okay to stand still. There's that old saying, don't just, do, don't just stand there, do something. Mm-hmm. But I always say it backwards, which is why I almost did just then, because in my mind, it's don't just do something, stand there. I think it's really important sometimes that we achieve stillness because it's in the stillness that we're able to understand the necessity of momentum mm-hmm. and, and movement. But if I'm constantly moving, um, then I don't I don't know where I'm <clears throat> excuse me where I'm going or and why you, I'm going there. You've t- touched on that numerous times in previous podcasts because it keeps coming up. This whole idea of being still is yeah. we're scared of quiet. We're scared of that because that's whenever we are exposed yes. to the elements. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do some reframing on the word content. But my dream is is 15 homes by 2020, the end of 2020, and I want to ask you the same question: like, what is it? You know, what is your dream? My dream at this point is to become uh, a more um, emotionally available, vulnerable, and connected husband and parent and father. Um, that's my dream, number one dream. I mean, I'm everything else is secondary to that for me, or tertiary, or quaternary, or whatever's next. the The main thing for me is my relationships within the context of my immediate nuclear family, being a better husband, being a better father, uh, being a better uh, listener, which I know can sound ironic, but I'm not always the best listener. I'm really good in some cases and I'm not in other cases and I need to get better across the board. I need to pay more attention. I need to take note of things. I need to be more detail-oriented. I'd like to be more routined. Uh, I I certainly need to hold uh, my children to... um, High standards, high expectations, and and uh, and and be holding holding them accountable on a regular basis. I need to be able to follow through on things, start things, and finish things. All the things that I expect my kids to learn how to do, I need to be modeling. And I have better days, and then I have other days, and I want to make sure that I get more of those days that are good in a row. I want to acknowledge something that's. Everyone that's listening has noticed. You asked me, and mine was business oriented. I ask you, and yours is most certainly first and foremost family. So, I want to make. I thought that we were talking, but I want to talk about that mm-hmm. if I may. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me a bad uh, individual. I, I literally thought we were discussing from the professional standpoint, but gotcha. personally, a dream I think is happy is is for me to be happy. I want to be happy and all-encompassing is is with my relationships, with my leadership at home and at work. I want to. I think happiness is a is a huge desire for me. So I'll just ask: Is that bad that I was assuming that we were talking about the business aspect? Uh, you know me; I don't tend to to traffic in goods okay. and bads and rights and wrongs. I mean, yeah. it's just where you were in the moment. It's where I am in the moment. I don't. Yeah. I don't think one is. Better okay. than the other, there's different. For me, I know that from a business perspective and from the businesses that I'm operating, they do better 
when I do better. At home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was just having this conversation with, with someone else that if, if I'm not going to be, or if you're not going to be disciplined in this particular area of your life, the chances are you're not going to be disciplined in any area of your life. Yeah, I agree with that. So <clears throat> if I'm, you know, eating McDonald's every day, which you know I would love to I do. I would love that. But don't. Then it's probably true also that I'm not in the gym. Well, I'm, I can't be in the gym right now anyway because I have these sutures in my leg. Which, and you're in the podcast studio. Gosh, would you remove these after this episode? No, I mean, I can actually. Yeah, thanks. You can use the stuff that you're holding your mic stand together with. No, that'd be really nasty. <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, I, so I'm, I'm not able to do that. So my routines are off, even though the gym wasn't a routine yet. But in my mind, I want it to be. And then, you know, I've got some parenting mishaps. And, and so uh, as a result, you know, oh, then I notice, oh, look, my filing isn't what I like it to be at my office. Or I'm not where I want to be in this particular project doing a custody evaluation case. Or I haven't attended to these parenting coordination cases like I want to today. I mean, this is stuff that happens all the time, every day. It's constant. And if I'm not disciplined in one area, every area suffers. So I, I want to focus on my priority. My priority will always be, has always been, and is my my family. Everything else stems from that for me. Well, I love that. That's a reminder for me. That's a reminder for all of you who who are just workhorses and tend to maybe go there mentally or even physically. You know, working six, seven days a week. I mean, for the longest time, I don't remember how many day, how many years it was. Up until recent, I was I was literally working. Uh, Every day, every single day, I was never home, and you know that was a hard that was a hard change to make. So maybe that statement that I was making is stemming still from the recovery or the relearn, the rewiring, if you will. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a great reminder to be that priority needs to be, you know, the family, the family dynamic, and and uh, that will then affect positively or fe- uh, negatively the yeah. other stuff. Well, and so we're talking about dreams and and now we're talking about family. And I know that in every family, there is um, conflict. Yeah. And a very powerful, masterful way to get at conflict, let's say in a marriage, is to ask your partner, your spouse, what dream, we've talked about this before, what dream is inherent in this conflict for you? What dream is being deferred? What dream is being disappointed? What dream is being frustrated? What dream is being shattered in this conflict? So if you have a dream of of operating this business and, and owning these locations and having this, you know, large staff that's doing all this great work and this is meaningful for you, and then you encounter a conflict with your wife in this case for you where um you know maybe there's a frustration about how how you're spending your time or not getting off early enough or didn't get to show up to somebody's game or whatever rather than just recognize oh i'm doing what i need to do you're doing what you need to do we're not matching up and now someone's mad at somebody a great question would be what dream is inherent in this conflict and whose dream is it have we communicated about that? And what is happening to it? Is it being deferred? Is it being stepped on? Is it being shattered? Or what's going on? You, it's a way to humanize each other in the midst of conflict. And you're able to say, 
okay, this isn't just you're mad at me or I'm mad at you. There's something that's happening in the emotional process between us. It's not you versus me. It's us taking on this frustrated dream. And if you haven't even communicated that dream or you haven't touched base on it or recently or you haven't connected around it recently, then you'll forget that their dreams are inherent inside every conflict. Does that make sense? Yeah. So either a principle is being violated or boundary is being broken or a dream is being frustrated. And it's really important to just kind of ask yourself, which is it? And what do we need to do about it together on the same team? We are not enemies. Did did you all have a pen and paper for that? And and you need to probably rewind that. I, I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and re-listen to that. That's a very, very good question to be able to ask within conflict. That's good. So I, so now thinking about this the dream, yeah. what, however you would describe it, you who are listening and you, Nathan, what is it, another question, what is it that one year from now you will have wished that you started today? Oh. <laughs> what is it? This is... <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we have to we have to diagram this. Yeah. Do it again. Ask it again. What is it that one year from today, one year from now, you will have wished you started today? I don't know. I don't know. What? There, there's a quotation about this somewhere, and I can't remember what it is. But Gosh. basically, it's like a year from now, you might be wishing you started something today, like kind of something like okay, that. That's yeah. not it. But, so I'm wondering, what is it that you want to accomplish in the next year that one year from now you will say, I wish I had started it that day when we talked about that, but I didn't. Because today you have the power to start it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm thinking. Yeah, no, take I'm your good. time. Do I, I'm, oh, I, I thought, I, no, wait. That was kind of a rhetorical question. Does it have to have an answer, a response? Yeah, because rhetorical questions in podcasting don't really go well together. That's true. You taught me that when you were beating me up about silent moments. I, I wasn't beating you up. I wasn't. Why don't you answer for me? Why don't I just say that I'm going to start right now and, and, and f- having but, that? But we don't. Yeah. Oh, so why, do, why don't we? Because we're dumb humans. <laughs> so <laughs> what's something that you would like to accomplish and have done by this time next year? Have regained all power. From everyone that ty- I give it like to. Like tyrants and dictators just, and presidents and prime ministers? Or no, no, you know what I mean. Emotional just energy. Emotional energy, you know. Okay, how you, would you... Oh, let me ask you this question. This okay. is a question I ask a lot... Ladies and gentlemen, the doors to the therapy session room have been closed, and here you are, a fly on the wall. Let's go. Here's a question I ask often. It's the miracle <laughs> question, right? I've probably asked you this before. So imagine what? Imagine the problem, right? So you just said, I would like to have taken all my power back. So the problem uh, presumed in that is that you don't have all your power. You have divvied it I've up. divvied among, it up, yeah. Right? Just like a, a, a game controller. Mm-hmm. And everybody has power over your character, right? Your avatar, who happens to be yourself. All right, so there's the problem. Other people have your power. What you want is to get that power back. Let's say that you go to sleep tonight and you wake up tomorrow morning and unbeknownst to you as of yet, a miracle has occurred. And the problem, as we've described it, is no longer a problem. Healing has happened and it has been fixed. The problem is no more. 
you wake up. How do you know? How do I know? How do you learn that a miracle has happened and your problem is no longer your problem? From the time you wake up, I don't I don't know that answer because if I here's that's 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 exactly right. If you don't know the answer, then that means you wouldn't know when the problem got fixed. So how can you ever really work on it? Because right. you don't know that it's not a problem anymore, which means now it's a perpetual problem. Correct. Speaking of problems in marriages specifically, scientifically speaking, sixty nine percent of all conflict within marriages is considered perpetual problem, meaning it's not gonna get any better. Leaving only thirty one percent to be resolved. So, you know, you may always say, I don't care where we go to eat. She may always say she wants to go to uh, McDonald's. That may be a little bit of a conflict. I would say that's probably resolvable. If your partner is voting in a particular political party and you vote in the other political party, that's probably a perpetual problem, not going to be resolved. Mm -hmm. They're not always that clear but it's always either resolvable or perpetual. But 69%, a huge majority, is considered perpetual. So we have to learn how to accept one another, understand one another, and allow each other to be who we each of us are in relationship, staying connected, but remaining distinct, separate, and equal. So perpetual problems are, uh, are they're obviously by nature not going away. How we deal with them is really important. So... How in the world did this awesome episode of of dreaming? <laughs> we're st- we're gonna we're gonna come back around. <laughs> okay. So how I'm would sweating. you know if your dream is to take your power back? How would you know if a year from now that had happened? I wouldn't. I, don't, I wouldn't right now. And so there there. What is, is my exercise? A, that's such a clue, right? What is my exercise? I mean, I'm not sitting around. It's not all all the time with everyone. Right, right. It, I, it's it's situational. Mm-hmm. There are moments. And I guess it stems from this desire. I'm in a profession where it is a pleasing profession. Yeah. It is a people world. Service. Constant service. Mm -hmm. Service with the smile, service with the answer is always yes. If it's legal, if it's ethical, the answer is yes. And service leads to survey, which leads to satisfaction, understanding, which leads to retention. So that, all those things that you are saying eloquently are what I'm, thinking generally, and it rolls over into my personal life. So if you woke because up tomorrow no, yeah? and a miracle had happened, <laughs> Jeez, I, don't, how I would still you know? don't know the answer. Well, tell me something that happens to you that bothers you and makes you think, oh, I, everybody else has all my energy. Everybody has all my power. Not everybody. Somebody has some Somebody. of my power. Uh, just the, the constant availability, this idea that people think that I'm available to them. At all times. All the time. Because in the funeral profession world, there is the on-call. Yeah. It, it is. It is, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you are available 24 hours a day to a family. So if the director on-call is available to someone else, mm-hmm. then they probably assume nonstop that I am. Well, and, and everybody, I think, tends to perceive herself as the hub and all the service staff as the spokes that lead to mm-hmm. and from that hub, when really the service staff is the hub mm-hmm. and all the people we serve are the spokes. So there is this kind of uh, inadvertent, probably accidental reversal, reversal of the dynamic where people think they are at the center and they are when they are being serviced. 
but really the serving staff has to be at the center so they can emanate from there and, and make sure that everybody has what they need. But So when I think I'm at the center of the universe and I'm not getting my way, I can write a really nasty Facebook review or Yelp review or, or Google review and tell people, well, I, you know, this place is terrible because, and I can make all these really rationalized excuses right. for why I didn't get what I believed or uh, that I deserved when maybe it wasn't legal, wasn't ethical, or wasn't even doable. Um, but it, it doesn't matter because don't confuse me with the facts. I'm just going to have a rant, right? Right. And that's what people do when they're grieving. And you're always serving people who are grieving. Always. And you, uh, like ministers who are doing weddings and funerals, see families at their best and at their worst, mm-hmm. oftentimes within the same 20-minute period. And um, it's very, very difficult to navigate that and to mediate that. It really is. And it, and I think that is the, that is, that is the, the thing for mm-hmm. me. So we have to develop boundaries by which we are willing to stick. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are willing to say, here is the line I've drawn, and I'm going to be as helpful as I know to be within these confines, these parameters. But beyond here lie dragons, like the old world maps used to say. I can't go beyond this line because I wouldn't anymore be serving you. I will be either serving self or just trying to get rid of you, right? So as long as I stay within my property lines and you stay within yours, we can come to the fence and we can meet, we can plan, we can do our service and you can feel served and I can feel accomplished, but I will not have gone into your space or you into mine. Doing that creates that kind of nasty, sticky codependency, which makes everybody think that they're dependent on one another. And then when you are no longer there for me or for them, or they're not there for you, then all of a sudden you feel rejected and you get mad and you read, you know, that this was, this is life of uh, the life of a minister. I can tell you that from personal uh, experience and perspective, people believe that they own you Mm -hmm. and that you work for them. And so you're going to do what they tell you to do. And when you say that when there are 500 of those people, Right. It, it's very easy for you to feel like a schizophrenic maniac. Right. So you have to have boundaries. And what does what do those 500 people want you least in the world to have? Boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Pretty you difficult. just mentioned uh, about reviews and positive and or negative reviews. While you're listening, ladies and gentlemen, please be sure to give us a five-star review. Be sure to subscribe if you have not done so yet. Please open your iTunes or your app, sorry, your Apple Podcasts and click that five-star. We would really appreciate that. But yeah, I... I am going to work on the boundaries. I mean, I really, I really am. Hey, me too. Because we've we've implemented admin day. Yeah. So there we go. You yeah. know, it's just it's it's little bit by little bit, and and we're letting you, uh, me personally, right now, I'm letting you all in on you know the struggles of of leadership and business and the world that we're in of serving and service. Doctor Carroll, you know, with your world of being in ministry, that you you know exactly what I'm referring to. Yeah. You understand it. You've yeah. just I feel that you've done. A really good job of kind of overcoming that. Well, and and, and changing my career is a big help of that because well, you now still I'm are s- available to a lot of people, or so people think. And I'm speaking for you, and you can interject. Yes. But well, I just there's would definitely a culture now where there is a a, a, a a recognizable boundary between therapist and patient. Right. Whereas pastor and parishioner. Uh, you're, you you are a quivering mass of availability right. and the congregation believes that you are always available too. So that creates that kind of really icky codependency. How many I don't times, have that now. How many times were you invited to people's dinner tables as a pastor? 
Oh, in the course of almost 20 years. Yeah, I mean, you, thousands. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is so beautiful, right? I mean, that people, it's such a holy thing that people would invite you into their families. You are you who were once a stranger are invited into the most delicate, sacred spaces of a family's life. Births, baptisms, deaths, funerals, weddings, family conflicts. You know the best and the worst of them. You love them unconditionally. And you hope that they love you unconditionally too. And then you remember, don't forget you work for them. And there's that whole weird dynamic I was just talking about. But you know, you really do love them. At the end of the day though, what I struggle with, and I wrote about this once, I struggled with the fact that it felt a lot like that I was, I, it was believed that I was paid to love people. Wow. That isn't, that was not coming from me. But there were people who would make it clear that, you know, I, I, you, you, you're just saying that because you're my pastor or you, you wouldn't be here if you weren't a minister. Or, and, and it, you know, they, they, there's a word for that when you are paid to love someone. Prostitution? And that's kind of how it felt sometimes. <laughs> that's the word. Wow. And that's how it felt sometimes. How many times as a therapist have you been invited to your, to your client's dinner table? Um, Probably a lot different. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah. yeah. Those boundaries are there. And, yeah. and, and patients and clients know that that's a valuable and therapeutically significant right. aspect of that relationship. Yeah. Therapy only works. It's not technique. It's relationship. If we don't have a relationship, if we don't have a rapport, if we're not connecting, it doesn't matter how brilliant technique or methodology or modality is. It's not going to be helpful. Right. If the relationship is there, I can be a really lousy technical person and I can have lousy methodology and you're still going to walk away feeling like there was something about that that was redemptive yeah. because it's all about the relationship. So it's th- therapeutically significant that the relationship happened within the confines of that space so I always tell people, if I see you out in public, I'm not going to say anything to you because I want to protect your confidentiality. But you are always welcome to say something to me. And if you do, I will absolutely talk to you. But That's I don't awesome. want anybody to come up to you and say, hey, how do you know him? And then your confidentiality is at risk. But if you come to me and say, hey, I'll ha- hey, introduce you to my family. Really good to see you. I may say, oh, this is somebody I met you know, once when I was bowling, or this is somebody that I knew you know, back in my church days. I won't tell anyone how I know them, but I'm, I'm happy to talk to them, but I, I want to protect that confidentiality. So it's really important to know that that relationship stays within the confines of that yeah. room. Well, that's awesome that you do this. Do you know what episode we're on today? I'm going to guess it's 45. It is episode 45. That is incredible. 45 episodes have been brought to you with the intention and hope to bring encouragement, maybe a different uh, perspective. There we go. There we go. And there. some love. Yeah, love. Love by the sure. buckets full. And not love because we're being paid to love. Love because it's genuine. Definitely not being paid yeah, to love. Yeah, definitely not at all. So we all have dreams. We all have conflicts. Those two things marry. We need to ask ourselves, where's the dream within the conflict? We need to ask ourselves also, what do I want to do a year from now? And what would we say if we went ahead and started today? And remember, Lao Tzu, Remember from way back, Lao Tzu? <laughs> Remember when I thought it was loud? No, yeah, stupid. a loud zoo. Uh, loud Tzu has said the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Single step. So today, one step. So when we end this episode, I am going to start, continue rather, reclaiming my power. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Boundaries. So the answer is no, everyone. No. Or ignore button. It's a That's, graceful. It's a graceful <laughs> thing to say no. It really. It's so life giving. Yeah. Sorry. Or great. Great thought. Send me an email. You keep saying. We keep referring back to that because I'm just a dummy. 
so, so. All right. Single well, step. I know. Today? Step. step one. Right now. Thanks for listening. I'm Jonathan. I'm Nathan. You're going to reclaim your emotional energy and set up boundaries, or? I'm going to die trying. Till next time. <laughs>